Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Welcome to this week's podcast. This is number three in our Intuitive Makeover series, and this one is called Intuitive Makeover in Your Marriage or Partnership. So we're really going to focus on how, you know, again, in the sort of vein of like the before picture and the after picture of, you know, it's summertime and a lot of people are posting their before and after pictures of like a health regime or building muscle or losing weight or shaping their body or, you know, you can really see the difference in these photos. And so we're going to talk about what an integrated intuition would look like before, you know, before you pursued um, integrating your intuition into your relationship officially and what it would look like after, you know, what it looks like before when it's not really something you talk about or acknowledge or even know that's happening versus after when you and your partner uh, respect intuition within each of you and how your intuition can absolutely bring the most intimate, the most, the most, uh, you know, way we can possibly see each other through the lens of our intuition, because the intuition is the language of our soul. And so with the help of our t- intuition, we can really see our partners as the eternal souls that they are. And so when we're talking about like, well, what does that mean in the three dimension? That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> this intuitive makeover series is in that vein of like, you know, it's summertime and people are taking the before and after pictures of whatever sort of health pursuit they're taking, you know, whether they're building muscle or losing weight or whatever they're doing, they're, they're taking certain actions and they take that picture of what would it look like before and what they look like after time spent with that focused energy and effort to have the results that they want afterwards. Well, we can't really take a picture of energy and so in, in our intuition is an energetic language. And so what can our relationships look like, particularly with a partner, uh, when our intuition is integrated, when it's talked about, when it's respected in each of us, um, how we can, you know, when maybe he doesn't do the dishes, <laughs> we can still honor that sacred part of them, that, that soulful part of them. Um, when we can see our partners through the lens of perhaps our teachers, perhaps what this partnership really means in the bigger picture than maybe when they don't do the dishes, it doesn't bother us quite so much. Or maybe, maybe that is sort of their role. And we're, we're in partnership with them to find our voices, to ask for help in the third dimension. So uh, I want to, we're going to talk about a lot of things. And with that being said, I'm not going to touch on everything. Of course, I could really do a deep dive on something like I could do a whole course on intuitive partnership, but I'm, you know, for the sake of it being a podcast, I'm going to try to keep it, keep it as simplistic and as actionable as I possibly can so that you do get something out of today's podcast. And if you are in this moment, single or divorced, or you haven't partnered in a real committed way, I really want to invite you to be part of this conversation too, because a lot of the 
a lot of my students and a lot of my clients are single. And a lot of the work that we do in mentorship is really just to prepare them to integrate their intuition so much that it's not this kind of background singer, you know, or this kind of something that maybe they once in a while do. It's, it's a fully part of who you are, just like your emotional body, if your emotions are very much a part of who you are, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, your emotions are. It's the same with our intuition. It is an intricate part of who you are, especially if you're extra intuitive. Um, Meaning that, you know, and especially, especially if you are a medium, (laughs) you know, seeing and talking to the dead is kind of a big deal um, in your day to day. I know those of you that are know why that's funny. Um, so that that's, this is a podcast for you to, to help you integrate your intuition into yourself so that it can be a part of your relationships going forward. And it can be a part that you respect in yourself. And then when you do get into partnership, whenever that time is right for you, Um, And it doesn't matter the degree of partnership. Uh, It's just you and another person, you know, becoming co-creators for however long that looks for you. And when you have a fully functioning intuition and you're integrated and it's part of who you are, perhaps you will be with a partner that also is intuitively integrated or maybe they're not and you can have some tolerance And maybe it's like, maybe you have a contract to be a teacher in some respect for a partner. And I'm I'm really watching how I'm saying that because especially for women, it's not your job to be your partner's psychic. It's not your job to be, to heal your partner, to channel for your partner, to do, you know, we as women, especially there's this unconscious belief, certainly in in American women, where we feel like it's our job to fix people. (laughs) I don't know if that's true in other countries, but for sure, American women feel like it's our job and our role to fix everybody. And I I definitely want to say off the top that it's not your job, but if it's, if this is really a really big part of who you are. You know, when I say that, it's like some people are very emotional. So they need to know how their, their emotions work because they cannot partner without that becoming an issue. So, and you know, knowing your emotions is important as is knowing how your into your intuition functions, i.e. if it's, if you're comfortable with your own intuition, then you're comfortable with your partner's intuition and you can co-create from that sort of higher vibration, that, that, that conscious awareness of creation together versus this. And, and I'm also going to use the like third dimensional a lot in this podcast. And what I just mean by that is when we know each other on a soulful level, or we use our intuition to understand each other, then when like really three dimensional, you know, time, space, matter things like who's going to pick up the kids, who's going to make dinner, who's going to do the laundry. Um, these are the one types of relationships where you co-create your life with, you know, that nitty gritty, really three dimensional uh, you know, work and cleaning and kids and, you know, our other types of relationships usually come back to this particular partnership. And I also just want to say off the top, yeah, I'm going to use my own marriage as storytelling, as trying to really illustrate a point. And, um, 
I'm, it's going to be through my lens, not to exclude your um, reality. When I use in my marriage and my kids, it's I'm going to share these things to help make a point because so much of intuition can be really abstract. So I really want to ground it into reality, into the third dimension, into what we all still have to tend to as human beings. Um, so I want to invite you, even though I used very traditional language like marriage and husband and my kids, and I'm proud of it. And that's my story. And that's my journey. Um, and it's extra precious to me because I was told a lot as a child, I would never be loved and I would never have a family and people that loved me. So <laughs> I'm going to really celebrate my particular story today. And because of that deep programming as a young person, as some family members try to keep me codependent and isolated and, you know, never to leave them, that sort of codependent language. Um, I just really want to honor that up front too, that that's sort of the lens I'll be coming out to. And I, I recognize not everybody shares that sort of, my story is quite a triumph from where I came from and not everyone is going to be quite so, you know, my points won't be quite so, um, profound to you. <laughs> so if I'm really like, oh my gosh, like something so very basic is so monumental to me, it's because it's coming through the lens of my own personal um, triumph and having a really, really healthy, beautiful marriage that my intuition, I, I give credit to my intuition that my husband and I were able to get here because of that. I don't know, how, I don't know if we would have made it had I not integrated my intuition and then thus respecting his. Now, uh, again, my intuition had to have been integrated because A, it's a huge part of who I am and I'm a medium and I do this professionally. So not everyone sort of has to as direly um, integrate their intuition as I had to. But if you do too, I really want to reach to you and I want to give you hope. I want to give you a map. I want to talk to you about how you can do this too. If this is something you're curious about and maybe this is something that you kind of come up against in partnerships, um, I'm excited to talk to you about it too. But before we really jump into the before picture and the after picture, and then I, I'm going to give you the tips and the tools to how do you make this, um, how, you know, what's the program? How do I get there? I think today I have eight steps, like, which would be like the workout plan, if you will. There's eight steps to really help bring intuition into your partnership, into your marriage, um, and really the, the intention of all is always is of healing and of intimacy and honesty and thus freedom, freedom. So you can be who you are, freedom. So they can be who they are. And, and that intuition creates a trust like nothing, like nothing. Um, so, but before we get into that, I have an ask Kate. So on my website at katesaintclair.com on the podcast page, there's a little button called Ask Kate. And I want to encourage you if you have questions about intuition, or if you have qu questions about mediumship or things like that, just go ahead and send me a note. And I want to take time on the podcast each time we do a podcast to answer your questions. So I have a list of people that have been um, asking Kate. And so my first one 
is from Darla and Darla is from Ohio and she asks, can you still have a relationship with people after they die? I feel like my sister who passed away last year is still trying to make me laugh and I feel her around. Am I just making this up or is this real? Oh, what a a precious question. And I get asked this a lot as a medium. And so I'm going to tell a few stories. And the answer is unequivocally yes. (laughs) You can still have a relationship with them. They still talk to you. They're still with you. They still do the things that they used to do, uh, especially if they have fabulous personalities. Um, If they were hurtful, they still do try to do that sometimes too. And that might be for another podcast. But Uh, I loved what Darla said that her sister still tries to make her laugh and she can feel her around. So let me just, let me just tell you a few stories. So as a medium, uh, my clients, loved ones on the other side become my friends too. So I have a whole family that I read for from grandkids to grandmother and everybody in between. And the grandmother of this family who's on the other side, I'm going to say her name. Her name is Evelyn. And she will actually come in and just say hi to me all on her own. And she'll sing her name to me. And that's how I know she's in the room. And she'll just say hi. She'll stop by. She'll check in. She will let me know if something is going on with the bigger family. And she is watching them like a hawk, let me tell you. So she's become a friend of mine. And I have a client who is in her 60s, and I have got to read for her for over 10 years now. And she walked into my first Ask a Medium show, and the minute I saw her, I just it was love at first sight with her. But also, she has a brother, from the very moment she and I met, her brother had already crossed over. And he's a New Yorker, and... I want to carry on, but I'm trying to keep this concise. Um, At my first Ask a Medium, he stepped forward and I was able to see him. I was able to hear his name. I was able to give her a message. And then from that, those concrete, you know, indisputable, evidential um, pieces of information I gave her, she became a, you know, longtime client, student of mine as well. So I have known her for so long and I've known her brother on the other side for so long that he he is a good friend of mine. In fact, he comes in on his own sometime and just kind of makes me blush because if I was 30 years older and was in New York City 30 years before <laughs> I had gone, <laughs> maybe he and I could have been good friends. But it, it, again, so the nuance is that um, I met him when I met her and he and I have our own relationship. And even though he's on the other side, he can make me blush. He you know, he comes across as he did in life. He's handsome and he's tall and he's funny and he just has this presence about him that makes me blush still. So when I say that, I'm just trying to show you that I didn't know any of these people when they were alive and I've met them as a medium and I can see them and I can give validatable messages. And so these are ways that you know, uh, your loved ones are still with you. Um, when clients come to me and their loved ones are can give evidence that they're watching you, that that they saw you, you know, wearing that purple dress, or these are how this is this is why you go to a medium. If you know, and even if you're a medium, it's great to go to medium still because sometimes 
maybe we want it so bad or we miss them so much. And between us and our wants and our grief, we do tend to go into that disbelief. And I really want to honor that, that though they're still with us, they are different. You know, like when my grandmother comes and visits me, I still, every single time, like I just don't get over, I'd still rather hug her body and look in her blue eyes, her physical eyes way more than I'd, you know, have to talk to her on the other side, but you know, there she is. She's on the other side. There was this book I came across probably 10 years ago called written by a medium. And her, I think she really specializes in children that have crossed over. And I think the title of that book was, um, I'm not dead. I'm just different or something like that. Sorry. I should have, I should have wrote, um, the name of the author down for that, but so yes, the answer is yes. They they are absolutely you continue a relationship with them. If there is a tur you know, if there's some pain or sadness or if there's problems there, I would encourage some boundaries. If um you know, I could go on. So I'm trying to watch myself from going down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> but yes, they still offer their humor, they still offer their laughter and their love, they are still with uh, you. A couple of tips I wanted to share with you for how to interact with that. If you feel like your sister is still visiting you and still there with you. And tip one is just to observe it. You know, just, just try to just black and white it and be like, okay, I hear you or I smell you. You know, maybe sisters sometimes wear perfumes that, you know, can come to us um, when they're crossed over. And number two is to just journal it, you know, you observe it, and then get in the habit of just journaling it down because this that that pen to hand to paper is just a great way to bring that experience into the third dimension, if you will, which is where you are, um, and making making it more real and just try to write it down without judgment or real, really judgment around it, just observe it and then journal it. And then number three is to just enjoy it. So many of the times our loved ones are here with us and we're so busy. Oh, that can't be, that can't be real. This can't be happening. I must be crazy. We totally miss the moment. So if we can, number three, just enjoy it. If you smell them, say, and this is number four, just say, thank you. Just, okay. Oh my gosh. You know, maybe I'm having a memory, but maybe you're reminiscing with me. So maybe you're standing here with me. Maybe I smell you. Maybe I hear you clear audiently. So just observe it and journal it and enjoy it. And just say, thank you. That practice of gratitude keeps your heart open so that your brain and your analytical mind doesn't take that moment away from you. And if you want to analyze it, and through the journaling part, go ahead. But in the moment, just try to get into that fourth step. Just say thank you. Just say thank you. If family is visiting us, they typically don't task us out. <laughs> so if you have a family member that you think is visiting you and they keep telling you what to do, I, I'm not a fan of that. But if they come with just great laughter and messages and memories, then absolutely these four steps can help you really enjoy that your sister is still visiting you. So that's to you, Darla. Thank you for asking. Okay, let's get to number three in our intuitive makeover series, partnerships. Um, so, okay, let's see how to narrow down something so vast because everybody has their own stories, their own history. Um, 
the, the sort of what I see consistently in my practice is a lot of women get shamed for their sensitivity. Um, partners don't understand you. You feel too sensitive. Maybe you've been told you're too sensitive. Um, there are women who, there are a lot of partners where the woman is extremely intuitive. This is just in my practice, what I see consistently. And then the children start showing signs of intuition. And then the husband starts to shame the child. So this is why I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you have kids or don't integrated intuition is so important because how can we expect partners to respect a part of us that we don't even understand or respect. That's what I did in my marriage. It's kind of like, I was so scared to be honest and vulnerable about this part of me. So I kind of shunned it and I kind of kept it a secret. And then when I tried to start coming out of the psychic closet, if you will, you know, I always read books in front of him. I was always trying to figure this out, but he never really asked me questions about the books that I was reading. And so um, when I finally had a chance to do mentorship, um, I was so scared to tell him and I was telling him, I wasn't asking him. I, you know, <laughs> I was definitely telling him, I think I found a mentor and I'm going to do mentorship. And he, he definitely didn't understand even what I was asking. He didn't understand what I was telling him. He sort of thought like, well, you're going to become a know-it-all. Like I don't even understand. And so that conversation was extremely painful because it just read, um, devalued this part of me I didn't know how to language and I tried to suppress and hide for so long because nobody could help me understand it and so many times I have a client who cannot integrate intuition because they too don't understand it and they're very shameful about it and husbands go in for the attack when they even bring it to the surface so I would encourage what I, what tends to come up, what the guides tend to say to my clients and what my guide told me was, I mean, this is a part of you that you have to get good with first. So in our first, um, certainly in our first of this intuitive makeover, that was for yourself. And I gave tips on how to start connecting with your intuition and, and accepting it. And then once you accept it, you start to use it. Once you use it, you start to trust it. It is a relationship with your intuition. So if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't integrated it in within yourself yet, I would guide you back to that. But you know, keep up with the podcast because we can still talk about it. So you kind of have an idea of where you can go with it. So intuition before it's integrated in, you know, you, you, they don't respect it in you. You don't respect it in them. The before picture can look like, you know, you're full of, you kind of hide and you have a lot of shame. And if you were totally right, you either don't say that. And then what you predicted happens and you feel all these different complex feelings or, maybe you were brave and you kind of say, Hey, I feel like this is going to go wrong. And then it does. And then you're like, see, I told you. So it's kind of weaponized in that way. And vice versa. A lot of times, you know, other people will say, Oh, I told you, you know, like, Oh, you're so psychic, but I told you, you know, so the, <laughs> the before picture could look, you feel paranoid. You know, a lot of senses, sensitives are paranoid because you're feeling and getting a lot of information from a lot of different sources. And so until you can slow down information, 
intuition slow enough to know which Claire is even giving you information and what from what source, you feel very paranoid. Um, And then perhaps you also in that before picture don't trust yourself. So you're very fearful and you're very untrusting. You not only don't trust the world, but you don't trust yourself. And that's, that's probably the scariest feeling. And then because of it all, there's no vulnerability with that partner. Um, because maybe you've been made fun of, or, you know, this is a part of us that I I do have quite a few clients where this is a part they don't share with their partner because of maybe how the partner has talked back to them or, um, used it as a weapon. And so what we'll talk about today is a few things that we can do so that you can totally change the dynamic where this is not only a part of you, but it's a part of us. It's a part of your co-creation with your partner. Um, so let's, I, I just want to show you what the after part could look like. What does the after picture looks like when you integrate intuition into yourself and then into your, your relationships, the after picture, once you integrate intuition, you will absolutely be more secure. You'll be more secure with yourself. You'll be more secure with your partner and you'll be way more secure with God or guidance because you have that intuition up and running and you know that you'll need to know whatever you need to know. So there is so much more safety and so much more security in yourself, with your partner and with your guides, because you trust the guides will let you know what you need to know to be safe in the world. The after picture would look like you're, (laughs) you are way more able, (laughs) sorry to say it this way, you are much more able to stay grounded. You can stay in your body, you know, it when energy sort of comes at you or blast your information, you don't leave your body because that's when you're highly sensitive. If, if you get a lot of intuitive information, you tend to leave your body. When you integrate intuition, and you know how it works and functions, you absolutely can not only stay in your body, but you can help your partner stay in their body, you know, not leave, not leave their minds, not leave their bodies. They get to stay in their bodies too. So now when you're actually having a conversation about something really important, you have two spirits inside bodies, maybe even looking each other in the eye or communicating on this whole other realm of truth and reality and groundedness because you're both present The after picture, again, it would have so much more trust. You trust yourself, you trust your guides, you trust your partner and you trust your partner because you have honest conversations. You, you can meet them where they're at and you know, they can meet you where you're at. So we're not becoming perfect people. We still have fear and we're still scared to be vulnerable. But when you're actually feeling that you can speak that out loud because well, for me, it's because I can always go to my guides to navigate that conversation. I'm still maybe scared to have, or I'm scared to be vulnerable. I can go to the guides before I go to him. And that's so much less pressure on everybody, right? And you go with the flow more because you trust yourself. You, you, the after picture would like 
the after photo would, your heart would be far more open when your intuition is integrated. Your heart's open because you, you know how to think, you know how to think within, like you can get information from your intuition so that you don't have to spend so much time in your head trying to figure everything out. You trust more, you go with the flow and that heart stays open and your partner's heart stays open. And when they see your heart open, (laughs) they trust you. They're more apt to not um, try to hurt you because they, they sense from their open heart that your heart's open and we can just co-create from this point of truth and trust and open heartedness. And that is a totally different picture than perhaps where we start right in that before photo. Now, before we get into the eight, the eight, eight steps that you can take to integrate um, intuition into your relationship, let's just acknowledge that there, uh, like I'm not my husband's therapist and he's not mine. So there's a nuance where if you're having real problems or if you're trying to heal or if you have something that's way past your partner's pay grade, if you know what I mean. They don't have the emotional capacity. They don't have the tools to help you. This is where you would go to like a therapist or a counselor, right? I, I, I found myself saying back to him, I'm not your therapist and I'm not your psychic. You know, I was so mad and I was so bitter because I was always helping and fixing and healing and then disrespected. <laughs> so I was, for a long time, I was able to go like, and I'd, I, I, I work so hard on my own stuff. Like, why are you dumping your shit on me? You know, like I go to therapy, I read books, I invested a lot of time in healing my childhood trauma. And so I became really resentful when he would just like dump that all over me. So we finally had to have the conversation about, and, and I did, I finally just started seeing a, a counselor. Um, I don't know about six years ago or so. So there, there are certain things that is, it's just actually not fair to ask of each other. Um, so that's just something to consider. Um, um, yes, I can still be there for him to listen. And then that's maybe another nuance where when he comes to me with problems, I want to fix everything. I want to make everything right for him. And then when I go to him with problems, he has that same need for me. He wants to make things better. And of course, sometimes we're just actually wanting to be heard. So that, that, that's another nuance of, oh, I, I actually just want to bitch and complain, or I just really want to be witnessed or, so that's another little thing to, to notice because that, that's different than integrated intuition. though That's just a whole different emotional nuance of you want to be witnessed, you don't want to be fixed, or I, I am just going to bitch and complain. Are you up for it? You know, like kind of make a thing of it. And that's what I do with him now where I'm just like, hey, can I just need to like talk this out? And because I can language it that way with him, or I'll just roll up and I'm just like, I just need to talk this out. You know, you, are you game? He is totally game now because I don't just like come at him and just start dumping on him. And so that's another thing you can do with your partner to have a boundary with certain things that is just not your job. Um, they can get a therapy, you can get therapy, you know, there's other things that they can do to to tend to the bigger, deeper issues. Um, but with partnership, 
one of the, the best things that I do that I see guides tell my clients and students to do is one of the things you could do to, you want to bring your partner along on intuition because we want to like, if I have emotions, you have emotions. If I have intuition, you have intuition. And yeah, maybe not at the same scale, but that's okay. Cause we're just acknowledging each other's humanity here. So just notice your partner's intuition. So um, once I got really good with my own intuition, then I'd, I'd, I was, I, I, what I noticed is I'd start to bring him in where I'd be like, look at you predicted that, or look, you knew that would happen or look at you reading my mind or, you know, so you just kind of playfully acknowledge it in each other. Um, so we kind of take the charge out of it when we can not, we don't say it condescendingly, obviously <laughs> I could totally see how that could go downhill, but we, we say it playfully. Like I look at me being intuitive, look at you being intuitive, you know, um, that can help diffuse tension that intuition used to bring up. So if you could just start speaking it out loud, just gently noticing it within them and just start saying it to them, just start really gently placing that in daily conversations or maybe not every day, but you know, once in a while where we're, we're bringing it into daily conversation and it's not this big psychic abstract only for the most spiritual garbage like that. It's for everybody and it's part of us and it's, it's our most authentic part. It's our spiritual language. So if you can see it within them, again, seeing it in yourself first, but then start noticing it in your partner, that, that goes a long way in changing the dynamic of integrated intuition into your relationship. Okay. Number two is speak your intuition out loud with curiosity. So what I mean by this is I had a student and she completed the 10 week mentorship program and she texted me, you know, Oh, I told my husband that I, I saw a dog. We're going to get a dog. And he kind of didn't respond very good. And <laughs> she was really frustrated with that. And I suggested, how about just instead of saying, Hey, I saw a dog, this is what's happening. Just go ahead and, and just speak it out loud with curiosity. Like, reframe it. So instead of like, I saw a dog, we're getting a dog. I don't give a shit what you think about it. So instead of saying that you would just go, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I took time to meditate today and I had a vision of a dog. Isn't that interesting? Or, you know, so you're languaging what you get in from your intuition with curiosity. Because when we prevent, when we present it with curiosity to our partners, they are now part of the dialogue. We're not like, Hey, my, my guide said this, so you're going to do that. That always makes partners defensive. I'd get defensive if my husband came at me like that. <laughs> my guide said this, so screw you. I don't care what you think. This is what I got, you know? So we want to just be mindful of when we present it, like, Hey, isn't this interesting? This is what I got. It helps partners be part of your guidance instead of a, a victim of it, <laughs> if you will. Okay. So number three is, um, languaging it. Like what I'm getting in this moment is, um, you know, like what I'm getting in this moment and we present it in this moment because guidance isn't finite. Like sometimes we get guidance to send us in a direction of healing 
And so maybe between like the healing part can go a certain way. So when you can say what I'm getting in this moment, it, it frees you of having to prove you're right. It frees you of having to convince anybody. It's like just in this moment, this is what I'm getting. You know, this is what I feel like I need to do. So when you can context it like that, then there's nobody like watching and making sure it happens or you're wrong or you didn't predict it right, whatever. You're acknowledging, hey, in this moment, things could change, but this is what I feel like I'm getting. This is what I think I'm getting with my guidance. That really brings everybody, um, it, it can help keep your partner's heart and mind open with, again, with a sense of curiosity rather than like a tally to make sure what you said today is right tomorrow. Ooh, and I just wanted to say that my my student that predicted they'd get a dog, they did. They got a rescue. I don't even know if it was a month later, but she was spot on on her um, guidance and on her intuition. And I loved when she did the reframe with her husband. He was just, he was totally on board because they were, he was able to be part of that curiosity once she got the initial, initial guidance around getting that dog. So... Okay, number four, um, go ahead and just ask them, what do you get? You know, what are you getting, sweetheart? Um, that, that I know my husband, like, still, even to this day, kind of gives me the look at, like, I don't know, what am I getting? <laughs> but it's really a way to, especially if I'm getting something really hardcore, I definitely want to invite him to check in with his guidance and with his intuition. It does this feel right with him? And yes, I'm the professional, so... I, I tend to look at the world through the lens of guidance, but it does, he, I can tell he appreciates it when I ask him to tune in. And sometimes he'll give me just a straight up analytical answer. We'll have a really good laugh and we'll move on. But just the practice of saying, you know, what are you getting? Um, especially if we're talking about them, it's in, it's really important to guide them back to themselves. Um, to let the, it's a kind of a great way to let them know you respect their guidance, you respect their lives, you re respect um, what the story is for them. And then to bring in their intuition that you are now starting to, or that you do respect the guidance that you're reminding them, if anything, that they too are being guided. So especially if you guys have a big decision to make together, ask them, you know, what are you getting? That would be number four thing that you could do. Number five is to validate if they accurately pick up on information for you. So um, maybe my husband is extremely claircognizant and telepathic, which used to really annoy me because I would, he didn't use his words very often. So I, I always try to give him good validation when he's just read my mind Sometimes I don't know if I read his or he read mine. I know you guys know what, exactly what I'm talking about there. But uh, to just say that, hey, I was just thinking that, or hey, thank you for saying something because I was just thinking that. Um, so you validate it. Or there are some subjects where my intuition is just kind of shut down on. I don't know. I can't predict silly stuff. But my husband's actually really good at sort of like predicting more of the mundane type things. And so in areas where his intuition is actually stronger than mine, I definitely give credit to him for that. And I really celebrate that in him. So again, just kind of 
at the beginning, sometimes when there's pain around intuition, we don't want to validate theirs. If you don't want to validate mine, screw you. I don't want to validate yours. So if we can kind of be like aware that we have that pattern at all, where we try to, they devalue our intuition. So we try to devalue theirs to begin to heal. That is to celebrate and validate your own intuition, perhaps first you know, give yourself that love, give yourself that acknowledgement, be gentle, give yourself something that you want him or her to give you, give it to yourself. And then when it feels right, start celebrating it in them. And that way, when you get to use your intuition, again, everybody is part of this landscape, everybody has intuition, and it no longer feels like a competition. Okay, number six is to get in the habit of start asking questions. So you just kind of tune into yourself and you're, you just ask out loud, just say, is this guidance or is this fear or, and, and it's great to be in the habit of maybe hand over your heart saying out loud, like, am I getting guidance or am I just being afraid right now? Or am I being doubtful? Or so when partners can see us asking these questions out loud, you know, we're saying something without having to be right. We're inviting intuition to be a possibility in the question asking you are saying, Hey, I'm open for guidance. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware that sometimes my fear voice can be louder than my guidance voice. So let me just language out loud. Is this guidance or is this fear? Is this guidance or is this wishful thinking? Cause it can go the opposite way. Um, of course, as well. So asking questions is a really big step in bringing intuition into your life. And saying out loud is a great way to bring intuition into the relationship. Okay, number seven is to honor your guidance, like unapologetically, um, just with a sense of humility, if that's the right word, just like, uh, this is just what I'm getting. I just, if I'm getting guidance, I just let him know and I just honor it. And if he's getting guidance, sometimes I do ask follow-up questions to understand it with my mind, you know, more logically. And I, I, if you come at it with just the intention of understanding, then I found that he's less defensive when I'm I'm honoring his guidance, but maybe I am getting something different. So to understand how he's experiencing his guidance, I'll ask a few follow-up questions. But you know, because we're intuitive, we can all tell what tone it is. So between, you know, when you honor your own intuition, that's the most important thing is if I'm I mean, it's just such an integrated part, you know, like I used to try to override my intuition and make myself do stuff I didn't want to do. And I wasn't guided to do. And over time, I integrated so much, like, let's just say if we were looking at houses, everybody's going into a particular house, and I'd hear my guide say, not you. And then I'd be okay, I can't go in, but you guys go in, you know, that's honoring your intuition. And then maybe the next time we went, the guides were like, actually get your kids out of that house, you know, so I would just unapologetically go in and, you know, tell my kids, Hey, come on out. I'd ask, you know, can my husband still look? Yeah, he's okay. So he can look at the house. So it's not a big theatrical. It's just my kids are also very sensitive. And I'm just as a matter of fact, if I get guidance, I just I just honor it. 
and I just take the actions that my guidance is there to do. It's not a big deal. Probably nobody did anything wrong. It's just as sensitive beings, I respect that about us. And I, I do get guidance from a husband and I'll let him know. And because he's a grown adult, he can't do whatever he wants. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> so we want to make sure we respect the dignity within each other. Even if he maybe gets guidance from me, I'm still going to do what I feel is right for me. And when we can just be vulnerable and honest and we get what we get and we honor that intuition, from that point of view, we can now say, hey, but you're an adult and you got to do what you got to do. Because we are individuals within a family, you know, within a co-partnership, we have to maintain our, our own self-dignity. So when you honor the guidance that you get, that really helps let go of the control or the fear when they do need to make a decision for themselves. Okay. And finally, number eight, it's just to journal the shit out of it and <laughs> just journal the shit out of everything. <laughs> so eloquently put, I know, but that journal is just a great way for you to get all of your thoughts out of your head onto paper, get all of your guidance out of your energy onto paper, get it out of the E onto the paper, onto the three dimension. And if you need to start taking notes so you can show it to your partner as sort of as I always say, journaling is like an energetic map. It's your evidence. It's your map. It shows you where you've come from and where you're going. It's your before picture. It's your after picture. So you can see, oh my God, you know, I couldn't do this a month ago and now I can hear my guides or now I'm calmer with how I present intuition with him. Oh, he's respecting my intuition much more. You got to give them credit, you know, and you can give credit through journaling it, through observing it, through writing it down so you can reflect on it at a later point. Okay, that is today's podcast. So we've covered the Ask Kate. Um, we, let's see, what was the other thing I wanted to talk to you about? Oh, I just wanted to let you know before I let you go that it, I am taking applications at katesinclair.com on the mentorship page. I am taking new students in September. And so if you're interested in mentorship, go to that mentorship page. And again, this round will start in September. And so you can go ahead and fill out an application and we can have a Zoom meeting and we'll see if we're the a right fit for each other. And we will get you supported and we'll get you that program so that intuition can be an integral and integrated part in your life as well. And everything that we're talking about today will just be that much easier <laughs> when you get to the, get the mentorship that you too deserve. So um, we'll talk to you next time with number four in our, in our final episode in the intuitive makeover series, which is integrated intuition for children, you know, for children, but for you as a parent. So how you can trust your intuition as a parent and how you can raise intuitively savvy children. So I look forward to that conversation. Um, in the meantime, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, 
Go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.